All right. I want to say I'm really excited for this episode because in the break room, I was having lunch with and there were a whole bunch of staff people in there and they were saw me kind of taking notes and prepping Mm -hmm. for for this episode. And they were like, oh, what's it about today? And I said, we're asking the question, what does God want from me? And they were like, oh, I ask that question all the time. (laughs) They're like, I don't know what God wants from me. It's a big question. It is. And so welcome everybody to the Life Plus God podcast. I am here with Reverend Karen Kraska and my name is Alyssa Robinson. And, uh, you know, I said that we would have a little bit more Karen and you're going to get two episodes in a row from her. There you go. There you go. Boom. (laughs) We're so excited that you're back with us. Thank you. So, uh, man, have you ever asked the question, what does God want from me? Absolutely. And I uh, was kind of reflecting on that today after going through all the graduation ceremonies and celebrations and things this weekend, looking at these, you know, 17, 18 year olds going, okay, what's the next step? You know, and I remember, um, especially when I was younger, realizing I have choices and oh my gosh, I want to be in line with, with God's will for my life. But what does that even mean? How do I know if I'm seeking God, if, if the career choices I make and the job choices and the relationship choices and all of those things are God's will for my life? So there just aren't a whole lot of easy answers. Well, and I feel like some of us are raised with the theological mentality of like divine intervention of like, God's going to make it very clear to you what your path is. And that has not been my experience. Absolutely. (laughs) Especially, I think maybe like in your teens and 20s, life is happening a little bit more rapidly. Mm -hmm. But then when you get into your 30s and the monotony Mm -hmm. of life starts to set in, you're like, oh, this is forever, this life. (laughs) Right, right. And we get to write our script and hopefully God isn't important part of that, uh, to your point. Yeah. There've been a few times in my life where I was crystal clear that I really believed I was following God's will, that I heard God's voice, that God revealed God's self in, in very, uh, tangible and concrete ways. But most of the time that's not been my experience. Most of the time I felt like I'm kind of stumbling along. And, um, I think some of the best advice is just do the next right thing. What, what is the next right thing when you're just overwhelmed? Because it's so easy to get overwhelmed um, with your career. What am I supposed to do in my career? What am I supposed to do with my family or my kids or my whatever? What's this the next right thing? And that God will honor that. And I, I always say, you know, invite God to be a part of, of decision making instead of what I have been very guilty of doing of here's my plan. Now God bless it. Mm -hmm. And Oh, it didn't work out. I asked God to bless it. Well, maybe inviting God into the process can be helpful as well. What are I, and the, this question is so unfair. I said, what are all of the things that God has asked us to do, (laughs) but you don't have to name all of them, but if we're going to put in a nutshell, what are the things, the tangible things that God is asking of us? Could you name some of those? Well, sure. You you um, were talking in, in the little sheet you gave me what we're going to talking talk about uh, Micah six eight, which is what I highlighted in all of our graduates that had Bibles out at their grad parties. They they said, "Hey, circle your favorite scripture," and I circled that one because that really is a very um, 
tangible, this is what we need to do as Christians. We need to do justice, love goodness, and walk humbly with our God. So that is a very um, clear and concise directive. Mm-hmm. But there's, you know, from Galatians, the fruits of the Spirit, we are to model uh, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Those are words that, you know, in our in our language can be kind of interpreted differently, so to speak. Justice yeah. to one might not be justice to another. and Or um, even the way that we love. Right. Um, there are cultural differences Certainly. in how we show love to each other. Yeah, um, yeah discipline can be love. Right. From, you know, if parents so discipline to a child, but to the child that doesn't feel like love. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's a lot of uh, interpretation in those in those words. So... So how can we handle that when there is different interpretation? Because I did make the note of Micah 6, 8. Um, there are a lot of, when I was researching, of course, I put into Google, what does God want from me? Oh, <laughs> Just to Because Google will tell you everything. It yeah. will. Uh, Google is a wizard who has all of the answers. Right. Uh, and there were a lot of, I found a lot of YouTube videos of people preaching mm-hmm. on Micah 6, 8 mm-hmm. specifically, which is pre-Jesus. Right. Um, sure. So there's so many mm-hmm. other things that mm-hmm. Jesus tells us to do and kind of defines, hey, here's what it means to love goodness. Right. Here's right. what it means to do justice. Here's what it means to walk humbly. Right. So we have a lot of examples of that. But to your point, what do we do when you and I have different views of justice and not to get controversial, but Roe v. Wade is a really good example of there are a lot of people that justice looks like uh, supporting the mother and caring for her health and her mental well-being. And that might mean she doesn't want to carry a pregnancy to term. And for others, justice looks like protecting an unborn baby uh, so that that baby can experience love life and they're just like clashing and clashing and clashing and anyone can use their faith practice to say this is what it is to do justice how do you handle uh those differences and understandings of what god is asking of us that is such a softball question no i'm kidding (laughs) the tension that we have when we're trying to be obedient to god Um, I don't have an easy answer for that. I believe that we're called to love. And obviously, if you have a very firm conviction uh, one way or another on whether it's um, abortion rights or name, name uh, name the issue, I respect those that can articulate their, their position, their understanding of justice and really work for change. It's, I don't have a real good answer other than just we have to find a way to hold intention when we disagree and not vilify the other, the other uh, view, the other idea. I don't really know how to do that other than with Jesus as our model um, of accepting and trying to teach and love um, folks into a relationship because, you know, obviously bombing abortion clinics are, is, is an extreme. Um, 
do would Jesus think that's a good thing to do? I don't think so. Um, the rights of a of, of a woman and and her body, there's just not easy answers. So I hate to say I don't have a really good um, a good answer for that, but I believe that life is complex and it's tough, mm-hmm. and we as human beings, we want to explain away everything have a simple answer. And same thing in Christianity. I think we demystify God when we read a passage of scripture and we boil it down to its most basic, this is right, this is wrong, this is good, this is bad. These are good people, these are bad people. You know, and we want to um, kind of put everything in a category or a box. Obviously, there are things that that we know are just wrong, you know, stealing and lying and harming others. But issues of... um, uh, present day issues of our culture and our social principles and, and mm. things like that that are tricky. Um, and you could you could literally argue, and, and there have been books written on either side by very faithful Christians doing what uh, they think is furthering the kingdom of God here on earth. So I, I can't say definitively, um, give you a, a tidy answer to that because. I'm a human, mere mortal without all of the answers, and I just have to trust that that God, in God's infinite wisdom, um, can help us untangle if we try to listen and seek um, understanding with kindness. And um, but I don't know. I mean, it's it's a hard it's a hard question. Well, and that's one of the things that you know when I'm kind of ruminating in what does God want from me? One of the the things I take issue with is that scripture like Micah 6, 8 makes it sound so simple. So simple. Um, but it's so complex and there's so many gray areas just mm-hmm. within those three ideas. Do justice, love goodness, walk humbly. It, there's no instruction manual mm-hmm. for that or what that's supposed to mean or how that changes culturally over time. Right. Or, you know, and, and it's so often that what God wants for us and what God wants from us is taught as if it's so simple. So simple, so but clear. But it's so difficult and complex and it's hard to wrap your head around. Absolutely. Um. What is the balance between putting no pressure on yourself at all and putting way too much pressure on yourself to do what God wants from you or to live the way that Jesus asked us to live? Because I feel like we're just constantly teetering from one extreme to the other. I think that's that's a good um, way to describe it, kind of back and forth. It's like an ocean wave. It comes in, it comes out, and you can, you know, I can be really, you know, convicted or feeling good about this, and then the next day, totally, you know, off kilter. Um, I had a conversation, this has been many, many, many years ago, with a person that was speaking with me about their struggle, their struggle to kind of accept Jesus, and they'd read the Bible, and they weren't kind of feeling it, and they weren't sure kind of how they fit into this. Was it me? Because no, it was, it was not. Like it was me. not you. It was not you. And um, this, So I know this girl. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. This was a, this was a guy. And, and um, I said, well, what do you think Jesus wants from you? What do you think God expects of you? And they said, nothing. 
I don't think God expects anything from me. And I was kind of flabbergasted, to be honest. And I just thought, wow, well, what do I think God expects? Mm. Of course, um, you know, I, I believe there are expectations. But as I have matured in my faith, I will say there are things that I would have been very dogmatic about 20 years ago that now I'm kind of like, not really. I think well, God wants our humility and our humanity and our frailties and to just realize we're not God. Mm-hmm. And so I have, you know, I would be hard pressed um, to make an argument. I mean, golly, what does God want? God wants our, our hearts. God wants our lives. But again, that sounds like platitudes and cliches. What does that really mean? I think God honors our struggle. I think God honors our desire to live godly lives. It's funny that you say uh, his answer was nothing because I mentioned, you know, uh, sitting with staff in the break room and, and telling them we were talking about this question and, and someone asked, well, what's your answer to what does God want from you? And I said, nothing and everything. <laughs> yeah, right. And everything. Yeah. And everything. And golly, it's it's so difficult. And we, I think we try, as I said, to, to kind of explain away and have an answer for everything and to make things simplistic because come on, we're, we're human beings and we're mortal and we're frail and we're, I'm very limited intellectually. I, my mind can't even grasp God's will. My mind can't even grasp God's heart. I know God loves me and I know God desires for me to love God back. Mm-hmm. What does that look like? It's just, I, I, you know, I kind of take it to what I can understand. Hey, I love my, my spouse, my kids, my parents, my whatever, my friends. If I do nothing in return, if someone loves me and I'm just a bump, I don't talk to them, I don't ha- I'm not in relationship with them, then do they feel that I love them? Probably not. I mean, we are closest to the people we spend time with, we try to honor, and I feel like that with God that if I do nothing, then the relationship is one-sided. God will continue loving me, but I'm not honoring God with any kind of my time, my talent, my attention, any of that. So I kind of boil it down to this. This is what I know. This is the model from love I experience on a daily basis. So I try to kind of translate that to my relationship with God because I can grasp it. Yeah. And that kind of makes me think of that, you know, parental relationship of I'm very fortunate that I have a positive, healthy, loving relationship with my parents. Mm -hmm. And there are times that I have been a bump. Like I have just sat around and sure. content got on autopilot through my life. There were mm-hmm. times that I was working back when I was working at a marketing agency and my life was consumed by my job. My parents lived 30 minutes away and I would see them once every couple months maybe. Mm-hmm. And usually because they asked me to come, <laughs> but I don't call my parents. Like I don't do all of the things that you're talking about of like that relationship mm-hmm. and, and filming them. But I would never doubt that they love me or I don't think they would ever doubt that I love them. And so I don't think it's necessarily that like God doesn't feel love from us when we're not uh, doing the disciplines and the practices and being in that relationship. And I think it's okay when we have those moments, like going back to that question of balance, Mm -hmm. 
Sometimes, yeah, just sit in the faith and that's it. Like if that's all you can handle, be the bump on a log and just hang in there as much as you can. And maybe that pendulum will swing back again. Absolutely. Life (laughs) is seasons, you know, in Ecclesiastes, there's a time for everything. Sometimes you're just not feeling it. Sometimes you're in a dry season. Sometimes you're in a, in a wilderness Mm -hmm. and God gets all of that. But I do feel like, you know, like any relationship, we typically get back what we give. We tip, not typically, but if we are engaged, if we are seeking a relationship, that that's a different type of relationship typically than one that's very, um, that doesn't have any active, um, you know, work involved with it. So you mentioned God's will earlier and a lot of what we as Christians are trying to do and not knowing how to do it (laughs) is discerning God's will Mm -hmm. for our lives. And so I kind of want to talk about that a little bit. Um, So we understand that we have free will, but there's also God has a plan for you. That's the verse that everybody's telling these high school graduates and college graduates of like, for I know the plans Plans I I have have for you. you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. um, Oh my gosh. It, it, I don't even know how to put this into a question. It's not predestination because no. we don't, we, I should speak for myself. I don't believe in predestination of either. like, there's a certain <laughs> path that you're supposed right. to take. And if you're not on that one path, mm-hmm. you're not doing God's will. Correct. How do you define what God's will is? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't believe we're puppets. I believe we have freedom of choice, free will, but you know, we want, I want to follow God's will for my life. What does that mean? Does that mean that God is going to say, oh, this is the particular, you know, job that you're going to, that that you need to have, the particular meal you're going to eat, the particular trip you're going to take, whatever. I do think that God puts people in our lives that can help us discern God's will. I think through prayer, through study, all of the spiritual disciplines, when we connect to our power source, um, then we we get power. I believe that. And I've experienced in my own life, when I am most actively seeking God's will, then I'm praying more. Then I'm asking, and I, I talk out loud, okay, God, I need your help with this. I'm struggling. And doors close and windows open and people come into my life in kind of supernatural ways that just say something that's like, wow, I really, I really believe God put that that verbiage in someone's mouth to speak to me because I might not have heard it the same way had I not been asking God, sometimes begging God to reveal my next steps. What am I supposed to do? Now, you know, I can't see around the corner and it's a good thing, but I do feel like if I'm really trying, what is the best, most God honoring or, um, the best thing I can do in this situation. Now, do I do that in every decision I make and everything? No, I kind of stumble, bumble, you know, through through my daily life a lot, but especially big things, big things that I'm really begging God, is this the right answer? Is Am I doing what, you know, I should be doing? I believe that spiritual practices and really tapping in the closer I can draw myself to God, the more confident I am that, yes, this is what I need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard a lot of... Uh people who are spiritual, but not religious Mm -hmm. or not 
claiming Christianity specifically call that manifesting. Have you mm, heard, I've heard that? of that? Yes. Yeah, where it's like uh, it's mm-hmm. a meditation. You do mm-hmm. meditational practice. So you're focusing your life. You're really saying, you know, this is what I want. Not necessarily saying like I want to be a millionaire right, <laughs> or whatever, right. but saying like <laughs> I'm. I want to be open to what the universe gives me and say, you know, what is my next step? Please open up a path for me. And then they, they kind of talk about it as if it's self-fulfilling prophecy Mm -hmm. of since I am focused on that, I start to see things in the world that were already there. there, But but since I've opened my mind to it, uh, it's like I manifested that into. And see, I have no problem with that as a Christian. Yeah. I have no problem with that. That is not diametrically opposed to me. That's, the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. If I open myself, whether you call it the universe or, you know, the the world, or I believe if I'm seeking God, then the Holy Spirit's nudging and guidance. And maybe it was just my own common sense. I don't, assuming I have common sense, maybe I don't have a problem with Eastern mysticism. I don't see things as diametrically opposed at all. When I'm open to receiving the goodness of God when I'm open open to receiving um, those nudgings from the Holy Spirit and those promptings. I call it what you want, but I have experienced that and and I feel more confident in my decision, in my walk with God when I allow myself that time. We, our world is so crazy and even my own prayer life is very succinct most of the time. Bless this food. Okay, God, it's been a good day or a hard day, you know, whatever. My prayers are, for the most part, um, kind of succinct. But when I'm in a constant dialogue with God and mm-hmm. when I feel like, okay, I'm, I'm, I, really, um, I really want to, to, to not stray. So part of my prayer has always been, God, this is just me, and it's probably very stupid and immature, but I've always said, Lord, if I ever get off the path, like what, you got to call me back because I'm a thick, dumb, I'm not intuitive. I am just not. I stumble, bumble, say stupid things. And, you know, Dan's always like, honey, you just, you just talk and you talk. And sometimes you don't think about what you're saying. And I'm like, I know, I know, I know. And that's, I'm, I'm just not. I wish I was. I wish I was really sensitive. I'm not sensitive. I, I'm sensitive about some things like I love dogs and cats and animals and, you know, plants and things. But as far as just I'm not I don't give a lot of thought to what I say. Mm -hmm. I just kind of blab. So I stick my foot in my mouth in a lot, a lot. So even to God, I'm like, God, you're going to have to like whop me upside the head. I won't get it unless you really, you know, jerk the rug out from under me or slap me upside the head and say, no, mm -mm, not for you. This is not where you need to be because subtle will not work with me. Yeah. Subtle well, that's, not I'm thing. kind of similar to you because <laughs> in, uh, I've gotten slapped on the wrist a few times because for me, there is no topic off limits anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Like there's no such thing <laughs> as a place that is so sacred. I'm not allowed to talk about certain things. Sure. I'm like, God is in all of that. Right. Um, and I feel like no words are off limits, which for my sister who has <laughs> a five-year-old and an eight-year-old, sure. and I say, I bring mm-hmm, up specific mm-hmm. subject matter that I just have no filter and it doesn't matter who I'm in front of. I'm going to say what I want to say. I often get the Alyssa. Yeah, like, right. <laughs> turn it off. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I totally get where you're coming from on that. Switching gears a little bit here. I, I, talking about faith and works, right? Mm-hmm. And so we have this. We're told salvation is a gift. Mm-hmm. Um 
And all you have to do is accept it. But we're also told that faith without works is dead. And then we're also told, but it's okay. If you didn't have faith your entire (laughs) life and you're an awful, terrible person who Mm -hmm. murdered a hundred people or more, if you just accept Christ into your heart before you die, then you're going straight to heaven, you know? And there's just all of these conflicting messages of it almost. I know this isn't it uh, because I do think that there is uh, value. I've told people before that even if I learned uh, without a doubt, God does not exist. If there was some way that that could be absolutely proven to me, mm-hmm. I still don't think I would change the way that I have lived my life mm. um, because I right. do feel a connection to a higher power. And if it's not what I thought it was, that's okay with me. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. it has made my life richer, Absolutely. but then there's also a part of me that's like, okay, I've been a Christian my entire life. I've been trying so hard, working so hard. And you're telling me I could have just waited <laughs> until right. the last minute and been like, all right, right. God, here we go. <laughs> yeah. That's a the- theological kind of understanding of heaven that I don't hold. I believe heaven, um, heaven is a reward that I believe there's a heaven. I believe that that's living eternally with God. Some people believe their whole Christian journey is just working to ensure their mansion in heaven and that the faith and the good works and the the acts of kindness or justice or, you know, faithfulness are to ensure their place in the, you know, lamb book, lamb's book of life. And when the world is called up yonder, they're going to be there. Well, and isn't that so funny not to interrupt, but like the, Working towards your mansion in heaven, I'm like, oh my gosh, knowing what we know about Jesus, what makes you think that there is any sort of mansion (laughs) waiting for anybody? That's a very literal, you know, well done, good and faithful servant. So what do we think when we get a reward? We think of something tangible, something tactile, something that we covet here on earth, which I don't think any of that's going to be heaven. But my understanding and a United Methodist understanding is the kingdom of heaven is here on earth. It's not just then, it's now. Mm -hmm. So as a Christian, it's not what we give up, what we don't get to participate in, all the, you know, sins of the world or whatever that we have to, you know, kind of flee from, that that would be so tempting and tantalizing if I just wasn't a Christian. So it's almost like a reward for forsaking those things, which I think is a not a good way to, to view scripture, that to your point, if we, if God, you know, was proven doesn't exist, I would still continue to try to live my life faithful to my creator because of the reward I get here, because of the satisfaction, the peace, the friendship, the companionship, the joy, the all of those things. So it's not, I feel like I'm doing things so that I kind of get my, my, Uh, get out of jail free card. It's because this is just who I feel God's created me to be. And when you walk along with your creator or you're trying to stay connected to our life source, to our creator God, then it's not a chore. 
it's a it's a choice. It's a it's a struggle sometimes. It's a joy sometimes. It's like with any other relationship. I mean, you know, not every relationship is mountaintop, 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 mountaintop. It's wow, deep valley. It's wilderness. It's you know, rocky and you know, waves beating against the rocks. All those things, and that's how I feel like my life with God is too. It's sitting down and saying, uh, "This isn't working. We need to try something new. Sure. <laughs> we need to try something different." Sure. Yeah. Um. And I also have thought about uh, with our limited understanding of who God is, and yet we're, we're putting all these rules and structures on who God is. What makes us think that the God of infinite love is limited, like we are limited to the time we have on this plane, planet Earth, to fulfill our relationship with God? And it, it's one of those things that it gets really heady to think sure. about when we're talking about what does God want from me? Mm-hmm. Why do you think that that question is limited to planet earth? What, like it's so not to get into, I'm not going to start talking about aliens or anything <laughs> like or metaphysics. That. Yeah. But I, I, it, it's just so much bigger. The universe yes. is so much more expansive. Yes. God is so much more expansive than anything that I could ever imagine. Mm-hmm. And we're just constantly trying to shrink it down and Absolutely. limit it to something that we can understand. I don't know why we do that. <laughs> because we it's fear of the unknown. If I can explain something, if I can speak on behalf of someone or something and have an answer, then maybe I, and I'm not saying we just feel better about ourselves, but I think that's, you know, a a mortal human characteristics. God's ways are not necessarily our ways. What God cherishes and prizes is not necessarily what we, what we do. And I'm glad to hear you say that because I'm real big into the mystery of God. We have demystified God so much to the point that we just have easy answers and we have mm-hmm. platitudes and cliches and we can proof text and you know pull a pull a verse out of the bible to support anything anything i was just having this conversation with my kids i mean so many things to your point about you know roe v wade or whatever i wrote a paper i think i was in middle school high school um about the death penalty and i took one stance then i wrote another paper in college and took the other stance oh and yeah then I when read they're having them. you do persuasive yes, writing, persuasive skill, writing. Yeah. and i did you know speech and debate and things and you, you can and i and i use scripture in both papers in both papers. And I just feel like, golly, that tension does not do. Do I wish sometimes it wasn't there? Absolutely. In our political structure, in our even, you know, as with brothers and sisters of Christ, where we butt heads, God can, God's got it. God's got it figured out. I, I will never figure this out this side of heaven. I just won't. I'm not that smart. My mind is this big and God's is infinite. I don't have to have all the answers. I really don't. I can be secure in my faith with God and not have every answer. Well, and that's what I was starting to wonder, me even asking this question, what does God want from me? It's a huge question Mm -hmm. that so many people have, but does it just come out of fear of the unknown? Is the only reason I'm asking this question is because we want clarity. We want answers. What does God specifically want me to do when really we should just sit in the unknown and say, it's okay to not know what God wants from you. Maybe God doesn't want anything. I don't know. Yeah, I'll just... 
I'll just tell you that the phrase God wants nothing for me, like what my, what my friend was asking, it really kind of raised my hackles because I was like, well, how could you think that God wants nothing from you? But it's really, I mean, I can remember that moment so clearly because it really challenged me to not just you know, spout off a few lines or verses from, from scripture. Um, what I, was your response to that in the moment? Oh, my response in the moment was, well, of course God wants something from you. God wants you to worship God. God wants you to serve God. God wants you to have peace with God. God wants you to love your neighbor as yourself. God wants you to worship God with your heart, mind, soul, and strength. I'm sure I spouted off a lot of Bible verses and things like that, because that's what I truly believe. Just as I want my children to be in relationship with me, I think God wants God's children to be in a relationship. So, but it was probably, I don't know, it maybe, maybe it was too finger pointing, finger wagging. Mm-hmm. I've, I think about that conversation a lot because this person is no longer here. Mm-hmm. They've passed. Do, do you regret that? I regret that. Yeah. I regret that. I've had and conversations so, like that too when I'm like, oh man, I, I could have done that myself better. myself up because unfortunately this person took their own lives mm-hmm. and Oh, I get emotional. And I think, why was I trying to give such easy answers when there just aren't easy answers? And maybe if I had said, okay, I know I said, let's talk more about this. But in my, in my quest to, oh, God loves you and God wants to be in a relationship with you and God wants you to love God and God wants, you know, maybe that was too much. I don't know. I mean, it was years later that, you know, this happened, but I think about it a lot. I think about it a lot and I think, man, I never want to be a part. I never want to do harm um, to someone because I don't have all the answers. And in my, in my, my desire to evangelize and to teach and to preach and to share and all of those things. And it comes from a place of love of you want people to experience what you've experienced and to feel the love that you felt And we all make that mistake of like, maybe our formula of connecting with God is not the same as someone else's formula. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And so, yeah, I've thought about that so many times. And I guess as I've, you know, gone down this this road and and in my ministry and in my faith, I I just think that, you know, I, I can't say that I can totally speak for God. I can't. I don't know, obviously, everything there is to know. I just know I'm called to love. Mm-hmm. I'm called to love and, and to speak um, into situations with gentleness and faithfulness and humility and humility uh, because I don't know. I just don't know. Mm-hmm. But I know God, and I, I, I'm trying to, to discern God's heart. And in trying to discern God's will, um, I believe God will honor that. That's kind of where my mind goes is I just, I don't know all the answers and that's okay. Well, well, let me ask, this is a really, really hard question. And I feel like both of us have th- had things happen in our life that um, I have a feeling I know where you stand on this. <laughs> but when talking about God's will, um, do you sit in the camp that everything happens for a reason? I do not. Yeah. I don't. And I have had some really wonderful conversations with friends and church members that believe just the opposite. Yeah. And that uh, that dualistic kind of um, understanding that, hey, do some things happen for a reason? 
I could make a case, yes. I've seen that in my life. Whereas I said, I really believe God put people in my life to say a word that I needed to hear at that time or to support me or challenge me or whatever. So yes and no. But do I think that God micromanages my life and every instance, every encounter, no, I don't believe that God gives children cancer to teach someone a lesson or to draw someone closer to him. I think I've shared this before in podcasts and blogs and things. I lost my best friend in high school at 17. I lived in East Tennessee, and that's a prevalent, that's a pretty prevalent theological con- construct that everything happens to your reason. If I heard it one more time, I was going to scream. And that's what at 17, that's what really kind of thrust me on what I called kind of my great faith quest. Like at the time I was Presbyterian. Why, you know, I believed in God. It didn't shake my faith like there's no God, but that was so distasteful. And I was like, I, I just can't believe in a God that would have given Kim cystic fibrosis and taking her life so that we could all just know Jesus better and grow closer together and learn something. I was like, that's hooey. It was so offensive to me that I just totally rejected it. I still reject it. I mm-hmm. still reject it. I've walked along with too many, alongside too many people with too much tragedy that's just senseless. I believe God created a world that is good, and but Things happen. We we are in a broken and fallen world. It's a beautiful world, but if I, you know, if if I do something, if I walk out in the middle of LBJ, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to get hit by a car. I mean, that's a choice. Some things happen, and there's no choice. They're just senseless. They're random. There's there's mental illness, and there's disease, and affliction, and natural disasters, and all those things. Do I think God causes those to teach us a lesson? No. Do I believe that there are consequences to our actions, to everything? Yes. And so I I just really, I can't go there. The God that I worship, No. Yeah. I don't. I I have always had a very similar view, but I will say I had a foot and mouth experience uh, within the past couple of years of I have some people in my inner circle who have had really traumatic experiences in their life. And I've had conversations and, and they've said things that I thought was flippant of mm-hmm. like, yeah, but everything happens for a reason. And then I feel the need to say, no, right. like God didn't make that happen. Mm-hmm. And it was so hurtful to them. To and them. what they expressed to me was this was so senseless. If I can't believe that this was part of God's plan, there is no comfort. There is no Mm. peace because there is nothing for me in that experience. And I was so humbled by that, that I, why did I feel the need to tell them, no, what you believe about God isn't right. Right. Um, And we do it all the time. We do it all the time. And I'm like, why couldn't I have just been present in Mm -hmm. that moment Mm -hmm. and said, yeah, that's really hard. Period. Right. And I we, think part I of my, um, when I when I say things like that and kind of push back against that, it's because I have seen bad theology harm so many people. Yes. I have seen so many people and you've feel bad. by yes, it. Yes. Yeah. have felt so bad about themselves or their family or their child or their whatever because they've been told these things that just 
that's not a place of comfort. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, this happened and it's to teach us something or, yeah, does God have a plan for creation and the cosmos? I believe so. Absolutely. But that, that, um, basically orchestrating, you know, terrible things or even honestly orchestrating wonderful things. Does God do that? Sure. God works in the world and God can be present and we invite God in and, you know, but I, I just can't for myself and those that, you know, have just had the terrible diagnosis. What did I do wrong? Why did God give me this? Mm, that's hot. Those are hard conversations. Yeah. And I believe that God is with us in our suffering. We live in a broken world. Yeah. We just live in a broken world. But I feel like something that I've been trying to do more, I'm still not successful at because we're all so desperate to share our opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to be heard. We want our to be a, and a part of it. I don't think that it is in a rude or disrespectful way. I think it's just our attempt to engage Mm -hmm. and be a part of this conversation. But so many times, instead of me immediately inserting my opinion, if I had just stopped and asked, oh, why do you think that? Mm. Why do you feel that way? And give them a chance to explain as opposed to just first jumping on them and being like, no, 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 that's not, that's not it. Right. Whatever it is you're saying, that's not it. Yes. Um, Because if I had just asked, why do you feel that way? Then they would have explained to me exactly what they said without me having to inflict the harm. Right. Of And fortunately, they're close enough that they felt comfortable saying to me, hey, that's hurtful when you say that. Mm. When you when you dismissed yeah. that I feel that this happened for a reason, that hurt. Mm. And it it's hard to hear, but it's so helpful for me to grow because not everybody that you come in contact with is going to feel comfortable enough Sharing with you to that. say, hey, you hurt me. Right. Yeah. We have a church member that uh, was diagnosed with a, a yucky cancer and they beat it. And they've part of their testimony is how God gave them this, this disease. Um, And we've had lunch and numerous conversations and I totally respect and I would never say, um, well, (laughs) you're wrong because this person is far more brilliant than I, you know, ever would ever even hope to, to be. But still in my gut, I'm like, ah, that just does not ring true in my spirit. But hey, your experience with God is your experience with God. Mm -hmm. And, you know, nobody, to your point, no one's going to. Uh, make me disbelieve something that if I've had a, an, a God encounter, then it's it's mine. It's my story. And I can't write your story for you. And, you know, like I said, we, we want easy answers. And um, sometimes things are said with the best of intentions that can be harmful. So that's honestly a very good reminder because I can be quick to kind of jump in and set the record straight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I'm not even asked to. Well, so, so... Talking about, you've said that there are times in your life that you felt God was telling, like you felt or heard or Mm -hmm. whatever that God was telling you to go in a specific direction. Mm -hmm. You and I have actually, I don't know if you remember, but we've had a lot of conversations about ways that God has spoken to you. So we've Mm -hmm. talked about um, 
your call to ministry. Right. We've talked about, I think that in a blog post one time, you shared about your friend who died when she was right. 17. Oh, yeah. And then mm-hmm. you saw angels yes, in I did. the hospital room. In the room. hospital room. I did. Um, and so you've mm-hmm. shared a yeah. lot of stories about how you have either felt God's presence or heard God speaking to you or mm-hmm. seen something supernatural. Absolutely. And so mm-hmm. you're not going to have an answer to this, yeah. but I want to know, like, why, why do you get to experience that? <laughs> and like, cause I would love sure. to have a mystical experience yeah. like that. Yeah. I don't know if it's that I've like blocked myself off to it. Mm-hmm. Like, why do you think that God speaks to you in so many different ways? Well, I don't want you to think this happens, a, you know, like it's every not day, every week. Every week. Yeah. No, but, um, I heard an, a, a speaker at an Emmaus uh, weekend one time, and she said, you know, she is a, an active person. And she said, you know, when I, when I had a, a quiet time where I just lit a candle and I sat in the dark, how God revealed things to her. And I thought, you know what? I need to do more of that. I need to just turn off the world, the radio, the whatever. And just talk to God and have an encounter with God. I think when I come to God with expectation, God will meet me there. I'm not good at it. I don't do it enough. But, you know, I believe, and and maybe part of this is, I mean, you're creative as well. I experience God a lot through art. Mm. I experience God through music. When we had our concert, our little, um, well, I say little, our gospel concert with Voices of Flower Mound, it was Mother's Day and, and the day before in May. I grew up on that Southern gospel music and I was just singing along and all of a sudden I just had chill bumps. I just had chill bumps and it was like I was just light and free. I had a God moment when I was just singing in a concert because those words were so familiar and they were so comforting. And I just had this kind of heart strangely warmed. It was like all of a sudden I was like, oh, here I am having this this moment, this kind of supernatural just connection with God through the words that I'm singing. I have those at concerts. I have those um, in musicals or whatever where I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like a kind of an outer body experience. You know, are there, is is it supernatural? I don't know. But for me, it's like, yeah, this this is true. This is real. I believe this. I believe God is speaking to me or... Um, it's kind of hard to explain, but they have those kind of moments happen when I'm not expecting them. Mm-hmm. They just happen when I'm not expecting them. I'm just doing something that's kind of perfunctory and just going through. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh, this is a God moment. This is a God moment. I'm having a God moment. Other times I'm begging for a God moment to your point. Like I want to see visions. I want to dream dreams. I want to... And they don't come. Maybe I want it too bad. (laughs) It's like in dating. As soon as you stop wanting it, Mr. Right shows up. Yeah, (laughs) they say that. I don't know. uh, I don't know. I've been fortunate because those times, those mountaintop religious experiences and and moments with God will sustain you when it's really dry. When it's, you know, cracks in the <laughs> cracks in the um, the dirt and it's just desolation. So I've been fortunate that you're right. I have had quite a few of those that I'm like, okay, you can tell me whatever it was the, you know, whatever it was God. It was just the Holy Spirit that's kind of affirming and confirming um, that, yeah, I'm here. I got it. Or you're good. Or nope, you really need to think about this. I was like, is this just my conscience? 
could it be my conscience just kind of nagging at me? But I've had enough of those experiences to know, no, this is this is the power of the Holy Spirit, nudging, guiding, you know, chiding, whatever. I'd like to hear from you. Um, I don't want the Bible answer, okay. right? I don't <laughs> want the Jesus answer. Okay. I want to hear the Karen answer. Uh for you, specifically as an individual, what does God want from Karen? Hmm. Is that hmm. something you know? That is, yeah, I, I had a feeling you were going to ask me that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could give you lots of, you know, platitudes and answers. I, I don't know. Sometimes I think I just want to run off and join the Peace Corps. I really do. I've told them that countless times because mm-hmm. people say, what's your retirement plan? She wants to join the Peace Corps. I mean, I would do it in a heartbeat. I don't know. I, I believe God wants me, um, calls me to be the best me I can be. Nobody else can be me. And that sounds, you know, shallow, but I'm not that deep. Let's be honest. I'm just, you know, I'm trying to find my way through this world. I hope that, um, that I'm honoring God with my life, but what does God want from me to be me? to be me with my, you know, stupid sense of humor and my intellect and my physicalness. I don't know. God wants me to live a life of joy and fulfillment and peace. And hopefully the world is better when I left it than, you know, as I found it. We're so fearfully and wonderfully made. That's a Bible answer, but it's true. And I, I can't say that I am the sum of all my deeds and I am just what I have done professionally or with my kids or my family. We're all of those things and we're so much more. So what does God want from me? Um, we had a staff member, um, Dan, Dan Smith, and he, he passed away of cancer years ago, but I can remember he worked with our youth and he said, God doesn't want me to be happy. God wants me to be holy. And I was like, I kind of want think God wants us to be happy too. <laughs> I really want to be happy. Think, I don't want to. Uh, can't we be both? <laughs> so we would have these conversations, and I'm like, it just sounds so grim. It just <laughs> doesn't sound fun to me. Because I'll just be honest, if if things aren't really fun and fulfilling, I don't really want to do them. Mm. I'm just being honest. And I think if we're sour or serious, or you know, everything is hard or difficult or arduous, ugh. Ugh, I just, ugh. life is hard enough. There's just enough things that it's, wow, without a sense of humor uh, and without kind of taking the bumps as they come. I, I heard a pastor, um, I was driving back from Lubbock recently and I had my car on Air One. And again, I think this was a God thing because there's like, I don't have serious for XM or anything like that in my car. And I got this station all the way through the nothingness that stretch between, you know, when you leave Lubbock and get to like, Lee or some other little town. And I had this radio station and it was one I don't typically listen to, but the pastor was talking about joy in our, in our faith. And he said, if you don't have a sense of humor, it's like going through life in a red flyer wagon that every bump is so jarring and everything you hit is insurmountable and uncomfortable and difficult. And am I going to fall out? And you know, oh my gosh, my rear end hurts. 
And um, I thought, wow, that's true. That's life. It's just going to be bump after bump after bump, but there's more joys and blessings. And so what does God want from me? I think God wants me to be joyful, to be appreciative, to be grateful. God wants me to be humble and realize, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just a pilgrim on a journey. Just stay on the journey. Do the next right thing. Do the next best thing. And be open as I, as I, because I'm getting older. I reflect back to when I was younger in my ministry and just like those, some of those conversations I've had that I would give anything to go back and do again, Mm. a redo and just be softer, be more kind, be more open to other thoughts or perspectives or even theologies without feeling like I had to kind of speak on behalf of God, because this is what I was taught or what Mm -hmm. my experience is, is that we are, are, we're a product obviously of our environment and our intellect and our education and our faith experiences and our understanding of scripture and all those things. And so for me to be really confident of much is a stretch. Mm -hmm. It's just a stretch. Uh, but I'm confident <laughs> that there's a God and that God loves me and uh, wants the best for me. Yeah. And I think that the question, what does God want from me, can become so overwhelming so quickly, especially. So there's a part of me that is envious of the older generations who grew up without technology and grew mm. up without social media. And mm-hmm. of course, like social media didn't hit big until I was in high school, um, but definitely during my formative years mm-hmm. where the world shrank. Yes, And all of a sudden, not only am I seeing what's happening in my community, I'm uh, hearing about what's happening in my state, what's happening in my country, what's happening in other countries, what's happening on a world level, how everything is falling apart all the time. And there's so much suffering and so much this and so much that. And it starts to feel like it, you, it's very easy to get to the point of nihilism where uh, you're like, okay, it doesn't matter what God wants from me. Nothing I do matters. Mm-hmm. Nothing I do makes a difference. Um, and we think on such a grand scale of world level that we forget about um, what's at work within 10 feet of us. Right. And I think that if I were to just take, and I'm not preaching this because it's something I need to do. I haven't figured it out yet. But uh, if I just narrowed it down to like, what does God want from me within the 25 people I'm in contact with every day? Yeah. Today. Yeah. Instead of thinking on the terms, because talking in 2022 that God calls us to do justice that is loaded mm-hmm. uh, because oh gosh, of yes. all of the injustice we see in the world every single day and the different definitions of what injustice is mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. back to the beginning of our conversation. But I just, I want there to be a way for us to narrow it down and not feel so overwhelmed, overwhelmed. and fearful of the unknown and all of the things that we've talked about. Um, So for all of the people who are sitting at home, asking themselves desperately, asking God desperately, what does God want from me? Do you have any words of comfort or wisdom for them as they're on this journey? I think to your point, it is overwhelming. Just do something. 
I think so many times uh, I, in my own kind of analysis paralysis, I'm afraid to do something for the for fear that it's wrong. Just do something. Faith is active. Faith is not just what I think in my head. We to live a faithful life, we are we're doing, we're worshiping, we're praying, we're giving, we're serving, we're studying, we're sharing, we're struggling. All those things is just active, whether that's for, you know, someone young, middle-aged, older. What does that mean at your stage of life? And there's going to be times when we feel really faithful and times when we don't feel so faithful. We're going through the motions. Um, God's got it. And to allow ourselves to be hurt, to allow ourselves to be angry, to be, allow ourselves to be confused or whatever, but to seek God, um, I believe God honors that. I believe God honors our struggle. God honors our desire to please. Um, and I believe that we bear fruit when we are, are trying to, um, to serve God in whatever, whatever way that, that looks like. Um, and to not try to (laughs) read the last chapter and the end of the book. Um, but just today, this week, as you said, with just the people in my sphere of influence, I don't need to go to, you know, China and, you know, praise God, there are missionaries there. I, I, I can't do everything, but I can do something. And you never, we never know when something we say or do, an act of kindness or justice or mercy, is going to have a real effect on someone else's life. And I'm not saying we just do things so that others think we're, you know, magnanimous or holy or whatever, but we just don't know with our neighbors, with our friends, with our family. So to just try to be humble and say, God, help me. God, guide me. God, I want your will in my life. I just don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to get there. Um, We don't need, you know, spiritual arrogance. And I don't believe God honors that. And so it's great to have head knowledge. I've got some, but I don't have, you know, I'm, I don't have that much. I'm just a pilgrim, as I said, on the journey, trying to do what I think is best. Now, I can get super overwhelmed to your point. Uh, social media is great in a lot of arenas, but it can be very overwhelming, just like with the shooting in Uvalde and stuff. Where do we put this? There's, yeah. When there's so much heaviness, so much pain, you know, um, so much hurt, you know, the war, and oh my gosh, it just seems like, God, where are you? God, help us. And we see these images and we hear in real time, and it's easy to just kind of want to give up. Mm-hmm. And um, God offers hope and God offers help if we will, um, if, we, if we're at a point we can take that and do something with it. And sometimes we can, and sometimes we can't. And that's that whole social justice sometimes played out is what is God calling me to do in this situation? Sometimes it's clear and sometimes it's not. Well, and could the answer be that sometimes it's nothing? Sometimes it's nothing. Yeah. Um, Because for me to assume I have a role in every little thing happening in this world, it'll break you to think that God is trying, is calling you to do something for every injustice you see in this world. Um, You can't carry that burden. No. 
And I don't have an answer for that either. No, <laughs> but, but we're not God, so that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Karen, thank you so much for pondering these big questions with me and more to come from you. Thank but you. Um, yeah, I still don't know what God wants from me, but I'll just sit in the mystery <laughs> a right. little bit longer. That's right. <laughs> good luck with that. I'm right there with you. <laughs> The Life Plus God podcast is hosted, written, and produced by me, Alyssa Robinson, and sponsored by Treach Memorial United Methodist Church in Flower Mound, Texas. If you live in the Flower Mound area, I invite you to stop by and see if Treach could be your new church family. You can learn more about all of our programs and events at tmumc.org, and I hope to catch you next week for our next episode of the Life Plus God podcast.